There's never a dull moment when it comes to Minnesota sports, whether it's on the gridiron. For the end zone, it's Jefferson who's got the touchdown. On the court. Edwards thinking three and popping a three. On the ice. It's Caprice with an open net. Or on the diamond. Buxton hammers that to left field. Another Minnesota home run. Whether it's positive. I think this is a good enough roster to make the playoffs. Or negative. He's terrible. Awful. Don't get it. Don't understand it. Whether there's optimism. Hey, they might be able to even make it to a conference final. Or pessimism. Don't expect me to be super excited. I mean, I don't know. Does this really do much for anybody? There's always something to chat about. Shout out to Minnesota Sports Chat. Keep on being elite. If you're looking for fun, informative, discussion on all things Minnesota sports, you've come to the right place. This is Minnesota Sports Chat, and now, here's your host, Ross Brendel. Well, welcome inside edition number 158 of the soon-to-be award-winning Minnesota Sports Chat. Yes, award-winning, if only in my own mind. Jonathan Harrison from the MNUFC, MNUFC pre and post match show on 1500 ESPN from Bring Me the News and Purple Insider in just seconds. A sincere thank you to you. This podcast continues to grow each and every month, and that is because of you listening and now watching on the YouTube machine and telling your family and friends. Believe it or not, word of mouth still very, very big. Please make sure you're telling your family and friends all about this podcast, and please make sure you rate and review and download each episode. That is a great help to me to grow and advance this podcast. And if you are listening via that Score North Taxi Squad feed, I encourage you to subscribe to Minnesota Sports Chat wherever it is that you get your podcasts. At John Harrison 90 on that Twitter machine. How are you doing, my guy? Doing well, Ross. It's uh, good to be back. Well, you should be doing good. Your loons, uh, at least as of now, appear unbeatable. Well, at least that's what the record tells me. They're 1 0 and 1. And because we went through hell and high water to pull this off today, Johnny, <laughs> I'm going to play something for you. First corner kick of the night. Ragapane set. Boxel makes a run, headed in. A shot, a rebound, he scores! A rebound in front. And Bongi scores for Minnesota. A rebound. Longwane puts it in the back of the net, off the corner kick. And Minnesota leads one to nothing. That'll warm them up here at Allianz Field. That is Dan Terhar on 1500 ESPN, the man who helps broadcast those games, of course, is John Harrison 90 on Twitter. Jonathan Harrison. We'll start off here with some loons, but I do want to pick his brain on the Twins and Minnesota Vikings because, I don't know, if I can toot my own horn. Jonathan, you're pretty well-rounded in more sports than just soccer, so we'll touch on those as well. But the melodious tones of Dan Terhar lets us know that at one point, the Loons led one to nothing in that snow fest this last Saturday at Allianz Field. Game ended up being a tie. The Loons won 0-1. Oh, uh, Johnny, let's start there. You, I think you've now been a part of a handful of these games at Allianz. 
What's it like being a part of a soccer match in a winter wonderland? It is incredible, to be honest with you. I know there was some consternation and some rough words towards the groundskeeper from the head coaches after the match, but it was it's an atmosphere, to be honest with you. Allianz Field already presents quite the atmosphere, a very unique atmosphere in this sports market, but being a part of a snow opener, actually the third snow opener, I believe, as it's been deemed snow opener 3.0, it's it's fun. It's it's Because it's the home opener, there's already the pomp and circumstance with it, but then you add in the snow as in only in the only way a Minnesota sports team can add in snow. It, it felt like the only proper way to open up Major League Soccer, a home season for Minnesota United, in Major League Soccer. It, it's the only way to open it up. Now, off the top of your head, Johnny, how many other MLS teams could there be weather like this? There's actually a pretty good number, right? Chicago, yeah. Colorado, Toronto, uh, Toronto, New York. You I have mean, um, LA Galaxy and LA... LAFC wow. were supposed to open up at the Rose Bowl this year in the first week of the season, but they got snowed out. So, yeah, so I, guess, I guess you can add L.A. teams to that now, too. Well, I, you know what? Now with the climate, at least the way it is, and however it's becoming the way it is, that's up to you to choose, I guess. But, um, yeah, you're right. Maybe there, maybe there is more winter weather to be had for pretty much everybody. Okay, tell me about this year's team, Johnny. Tell me about these loons. Uh, compare them to uh, recent teams that have made the playoffs. Are the expectations higher, lower, or about the same for this MNUFC squad? It all depends on if you get Emmanuel Reynoso back. And that is the biggest factor in how far this team will go. And I think even they will admit that. Emmanuel Reynoso is one of, if not the best playmakers in the entirety of Major League Soccer. And Right now he's out. It's for undisclosed personal reasons, but he is not with the team. He is still in Argentina dealing with things. The teammates are talking with him. The team is communicating with his parents. But as far as right now, he's not back. They don't have a timetable when he's back. They hope it's soon. But right now he is suspended by the league uh, without pay, I believe. So it's it's as far – they'll go as far as he takes them. But right now through the first two games, what they've shown – and we talked about this on the Loon Talk podcast, Dan Terrar and AJ Fredrickson and I. We are much more confident in this team now after seeing these first two weeks uh, without Emmanuel Reynoso than we were when we started this season's podcast a couple weeks ago. We weren't. Uh, we were saying they were probably right on that playoff edge. They probably miss it. But now after these last two weeks and how they've shown a very good defensive play, they've shown that they can find ways to score goals. But that defense is going to be key for them this season and how stout it is, limiting shots to opposing uh, attacks. I think they can go decently far. I think they can match what they've what they've done in the past. Now, if you get Emmanuel Reynoso back into there and he doesn't disrupt the way they've played over the last two weeks, if, if you can bring him in and you don't have to completely rely on him like they've done in the past, this team can be very dangerous because they've got a new defender in Miguel Tapias who's incredible. His timing is his timing is dang near perfect. And what he does on that defense, what he allows Michael Boxel to do in that center back, the other center back role, it's going to help that defense a whole lot. John mentioned Loon Talk. You can find that at scorenorth.com or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Uh, forgive me for not knowing this. I guess I didn't know that a player could be suspended by the league, but we don't really know why he's suspended. Is that... Yeah. Is that common in the MLS, or do we do we have a pretty good indication, or do we think we kind of know why he's suspended, but nobody's really saying it? Walk there's, me through that. 
So it's not common, but the reason why he's suspended by the league is because technically all contracts are owned by the league. That's how this league operates. It's a very antiquated system, but that's how they do it, and that's how they've done it for the last 30 years, and it's gotten them by, and they've survived because of it. So credit to them for being able to make it work. But So he's suspended by the league. This isn't a common thing, and it's they haven't said why it's happening. I mean, there's been no communication from Emmanuel Reynoso. The communication we've gotten from the team, rightfully, is that they don't want to comment on any further because it's personal issues. So that's all we've gotten right now. Uh, there's been no comment about uh, a timetable for his return, much like Carl Anthony Towns and the Timberwolves. <laughs> there's no, there's no knowledge of when he'll return. So it's up for, it's up in the air at this point whether Emmanuel Reynoso will return this season or if he'll return at all. I told you all Jonathan was well-rounded. Of course, he'd drop a Carl Anthony Towns reference in there, who, of course, I believe Carl Anthony Towns and Dane St. Clair are the same people because I think they, <laughs> they look a lot alike. So I think Cat is actually uh, net-minding. Body mass is just a little bit different. But- Body mass is different, but from afar, they look awfully, <laughs> awfully similar. I saw a tweet today, and I don't even want to venture to try and say the name, a South Korean player who's 20 years old potentially joining the Loons. Uh, again, walk me through that. Is that an impact move? Is that a take a flyer and see? Is that something people should be excited about? I have not done enough research on this kid yet because he's not officially a Loon yet and kind of wrapped up with a couple other jobs at the moment. But it seems like this is going to be a signing that they make. It is, I believe from everything that... I've read so far he's a forward. He's coming from Wolverhampton Wanderers over in England, the Premier League team. Uh, They just haven't found a way to use him yet, and so they're moving on from him. They're moving him on, and Minnesota United look like they're going to grab him, get a 20-year-old forward talent, and that's something that this league has done in the past couple years. They've shifted heavily towards getting youth who they can then sell on for a bigger price than than they brought him in for. In the past, this league has been known as more of a retirement league. They go out and get the David Beckhams. They go out and get uh, the Steven Gerrards of the world who are on their last legs. They're looking for one last big contract, and they want to try and break into the American market. Well, the league has realized that you can't make a whole lot of money off of those guys, and to be profitable, you kind of need to make money. Shocker how that works in business. But Funny. <laughs> right. So they are... They're heavily, a lot of the teams in the league are heavily going after younger guys who they can play for a couple years, give them minutes that they wouldn't get elsewhere, and then they'll they'll have teams in Europe see that these guys are playing really well at young ages, come in, offer them boatloads of money, and the teams are like, okay, we'll profit. So this seems like one of those moves. It's also at a position that they've needed help for a long time, despite... Uh, a nice start from Christian Ramirez in getting 14 goals that first season. The Loons have struggled to get double-digit goals from their leading forward ever since, and that was six years ago. So it's it's a position that they need help in. Luis Amarillo didn't really hit his stride last year in his first full season back with the Loons. Maybe he'll do that this year. I don't know, but it just seems like a position that they have wanted to find that guy in, and this seems like a, another attempt at finding that guy. Maybe you've already done it, but give me a little bit of a primer. I will make it to a few Loons games this year, and when I get there or when I see him on Apple TV or listening at 1500 ESPN and 1500ESPN.com and that free Score North mobile app, when I do that, Johnny, who are some names that are new to the club that I might not recognize but I should get to know? 
Uh, I already mentioned him, Miguel Tapias. He's a left-footed Mexican center back, 26 years old. It's a position that they needed to get young in over the offseason. They're two uh, starting center backs for most of the season. Michael Boxel and Bakai Debasi were 33 and 32 going into the offseason. And Bakai Debasi went out in September, I believe, with a very nasty injury that's going to keep him out for a majority of this season. And with the age of those guys, they're getting on their last legs. They needed to kind of start to overturn the the back line. They needed to start building for the future in that back line because you have Dane St. Clair, who's 24 years old. That's very early to be playing as a goalkeeper. It's starting to become more and more of a normal thing that goalkeepers are playing younger. But Dane St. Clair is going to have a ton of minutes in front of him. He's developing into one of the better keepers in the league. So having a younger back line around him, trying to build around him and uh, have a good, solid young back line that can play for years and years and years together is going to help this team in the long run. And getting started with Miguel Tapias is a good start. Another guy in that back line, Zarek Valentin, he's kind of the opposite of Tapias. He's a wing back, and he's a veteran of Major League Soccer. He's been around for uh, in the league for, I believe, nine years. He's played on five different teams. But he is a he knows how to play in this league, and he's shown it as the starting right back for this club for the past two games, and he's played well. He provides exactly the defensive role they need, and he plays and he provides a little bit of offense uh, that they weren't necessarily getting with DJ Taylor and Alan Benitez last year. So those are two of the main uh, new guys this season. These cold weather games at Allianz, are you toughing it out like the fans, or are you and Dan window closed? Uh staying nice and warm that way? Are you bundled up for the elements? Walk me through your process on these cold weather games. There was about five layers of shirts on on Saturday for me. I don't know how many Dan was wearing, but we are very heavily into having the windows open, having the elements in there, and getting the natural sound of it. Because if we didn't, the glass that's sitting right in front of us would bounce the noise right at us, and you'd be able to tell that we're in a studio environment and not at the game. We'd prefer it, obviously, to sound like we're there. And it, it was only, it wasn't too terribly cold. It was 30 degrees. We're hardy Minnesotans. At least we like to pretend to be. So we figure we can handle it for 90 minutes. And typically, typically when it's snowing, it tends to be on the warmer side of winter temperatures. So it can snow. I asked the question to set this up. One way I stay warm in the winter weather, Johnny, I always have a nice hot cup of coffee. And specifically, <laughs> okay. Beans Coffee Company. And you can't miss out on all the things that Beans Coffee Company has to offer. The easiest way not to miss out, subscribe to their newsletter. There's no reason not to. Subscribers, you'll receive advance notice on limited time sales, new releases, promo codes like sports chat. I'll get to that in just moments. Sign up right now at coffeebybeans.com. You don't even need to buy anything. Just sign up, coffeebybeans.com. Now here's the buying part. When you sign up, you'll be alerted to all the great deals and all the fun stuff going on. You can sign up for a coffee subscription or purchase coffee by the bag, all at coffeebybeans.com. If you want that subscription, very simple. You can set it up in one to eight week intervals. You can customize it by your favorite blend. Again, I love the Mikado and the Perfectus. They're all good, though. I'm not just saying that. They're fantastic. It is a great cup of coffee. Choose from a 12-ounce bag or a 5-pound bulk bag and have them delivered right to your door. One last thing to forget when you go shopping, they make it so easy. Or again, order by the bag. Use the promo code SPORTSCHAT when you check out and you'll save a little bit of cash. 
Beans Coffee Company, they ship anywhere in the U.S., free shipping on all orders over $35, and again, sell by the bag or buy a subscription. That's coffeebybeans.com, coffeebybeans.com. Use the promo code SPORTSCHAT. Johnny, I recently uh, joined uh, Pull Tab Sports, the, I love this name, Make Glove Not War Twins Podcast. I I love it. it. That's a great name. Yeah, it's a great name. Hosted by PR Pro Ryan Stanzel. I believe that pod's going to drop sometime this week if it has not dropped already. So make sure you find that pod. Support Ryan. Great guy. Hard worker. Really nice man. Great guy. Hard worker. Great pod. I was really going into a Donald Trump setup really right there. I, I really was. I, and then it's funny that now, you know, with his rise to the presidency, anytime you start paying a compliment to somebody, or at least me, I automatically start envisioning myself as as uh, Donald Trump. Anyways, back to the regularly scheduled Minnesota sports chat. Johnny, what are your thoughts on the 2023 Minnesota Twins? I'm I'm pretty excited. I don't think that this is Greg Maddox, John Smoltz, Tom Glavin, good of a starting rotation for the Minnesota Twins. But I think you have five, six if you count Bailey Ober, and I think you have to. I think you have like five or six guys who waffle around being a two or a three. And again, I don't know if you can win a World Series that way, but I do think you can get a playoff spot. And I am on record, John. This is the year. (laughs) They may not win a playoff series. They will win a playoff game. Lock Lock it in between Joe Ryan and Sonny Gray. And I, yeah, it could be Maeda, could be Mally, whatever it looks like when they get to the playoffs. You're guaranteed at least two games, maybe more, depending on what seed you are. The Minnesota Twins will win a playoff game this year. That's how optimistic I am about this squad. What say you? They'll win their first playoff game since I was in high school. That would be Me too. an absolute trip. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Think about how much has changed in our lives since the Twins Last one, a playoff game. Yours, yeah, I have a beard now. Yeah, yours much more than mine. You have a you have a beard. You have a gaggle of kids. You have a wife. You got twenty seven different jobs. <laughs> that much hasn't. Yeah, changed, me. I've I've basically had the same cat the entire time. That shows how old she is. But uh, no, I'm excited. Are you? I, I think they could be fun to watch this summer. I think this is the most excited I've been for a Twins team in a long time. I mean, as you mentioned, their their starting rotation's better. Uh, you've brought back Carlos Correa despite a number of attempts to have him leave and uh, and everything with that and that whole circus, you'll, which is You'll take it however you can get it, yeah. right? You got one of the best shortstops in the league, and it doesn't matter how it happened. It just happened, so whatever. And so I think, I think there should be optimism around this team. Can the bullpen be better? That's the part that concerned Twins fans a lot last year. We'll see. But I think this is one of, as you mentioned, their starting rotation is much improved over the past several years. So I think that gives you optimism right away that they're not just going to flame out after six innings and they're going to have to rely on a bullpen that's incredibly shaky. You can ask these guys to go maybe an inning longer, and then you can get into the deeper parts of your bullpen. So we'll see. I'm a little bit more excited, as you said, uh, just based off of how the offseason went. Well, and I think Rocco has pretty much hinted he expects the starters to pitch longer into the game. And yeah. and how can you not? You know, you don't have Chris Archer on the roster <laughs> chewing up two to four innings every fifth day. 
And Dylan Bundy, by the way, who also had plenty of short starts, had some of their longer starts of the year, too. But it was it was a little inconsistent. When you talk about that bullpen, Jorge Lopez comes over in a trade, underwhelmed a lot. But when you make trades, Johnny, you know this in all sports. Sometimes guys go to a new spot no matter where it is and they thrive because it's, you know, kind of a it's a it's an injection of the new situation. Maybe you have some extra adrenaline, you're happy to be there, but sometimes it goes the other way. You know, sometimes guys even if they're going he went from Baltimore to Minnesota, not like he went from Baltimore to LA or the Yankees, but he did go from a team that was not doing anything to a team that was competing for a playoff spot. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time to get used to that, but also just new city, new area. You, you, so you think maybe he'll come around a bit. I don't know. I'm just, you have to trust the stuff. The stuff's good. So you would think that it would come around. But the bullpen being shaky, one way to eliminate the shaky bullpen is to not have them out there every day trying to get 12 <laughs> or 15 outs. Well, yeah. again, Pablo Lopez, if you look at his track record, He's going to pitch roughly seven innings a game, and I don't think the Twins are going to stop that. I don't think they are. I think there's a reason why he was brought over. Sonny Gray at times last year flat out said it without saying it. He doesn't like, he didn't like being removed from some games when he was. I think he'll get a little bit more latitude this year. And also, uh, Molly, hopefully his arm doesn't fall off again. So you'll have that going for you. I, I just think there's a... There's a lot of good signs. Nothing's guaranteed, but when you look at the American League Central, there's a case to be made that the Twins are the only team that actually got better. And I think you're making, I'm not saying they won't, but I think you're making an incredible leap or assumption if you assume that Cleveland is going to do everything they did last year to the same level or even better. And the reason why I say that is we thought about that with the Minnesota Twins multiple times with their young players. And then they regress to the mean a little bit. I think it's fair to expect that some of that might happen with Cleveland. So do I think the Twins will win the division? I don't know. Do I think the Twins will make the playoffs in some way, shape, or form? Yes, I do, because I've already said they're going to end their streak and win a playoff game this year. (laughs) Maybe that's just me being overly optimistic, but I stand behind that. You got to think that having Carlos Correa return despite the attempts for him to go to New York or San Francisco, that had to provide somewhat of a big boost to this team knowing that hey we've got one of the best players in the league he's coming back whether he truly believes in this franchise or not or he just took the contract because everybody else was it's all pulling was their left. contracts from them yeah it's it is what it is you have to understand you have to kind of reconcile with that but still he's here he looks like he's committed and i don't know that's that's got to provide a boost for that that clubhouse knowing that they have the insurance that he's one of the best players. He's played a ton of games. He knows how to stay in the league and stay durable. So, well, yeah. I think I think him ha- having him back and then getting better in your rotation is going to provide an, enough of a boost that this club will be better than they were last season. They're not going to have the late season collapse like they did last yeah, season. Yeah, and I know saying semi-facetiously, but also speaking some truth here, the Mets, maybe even more so than the Giants, had great worries that after three or four years – Correa's ankle was basically going to disintegrate and he might have to have it amputated and, you know, be walking around with just one foot. That's how bad they were claiming his ankle was. And and I look at that and say, well, okay, even if that's true, the twins are still getting pretty good value on a guy for three or four years. Technically they're paying him for six, but when you're the Minnesota twins, 
beggars really can't be choosers. You can argue all day long and say there's no salary cap in baseball, which is true. You can say the poll ads should spend more money, which is true. You could say the poll ads are the richest owners in baseball, which at one point was true. I don't think it's true anymore, but there's still some of the richest also (laughs) true. But at the end of the day, they're not going to do that. They've never done that. This is the system they're operating within. So you, I think you have to be happy with the team that they've put on the field, at least right now, when you factor all of that in. One quick thing on baseball, then we'll segue to the Vikings briefly and close this thing out. Any of the rule changes pique your interest? Do you like the pitch clock? Are you annoyed by it? And then any thoughts on the shift or the, uh, oh, I got a joke for you. There's two things you can see from the moon, Johnny. Okay. The Great Wall of China and the bases at a Major League Baseball game. <laughs> thank you. It's I don't know if it warranted go. a laugh that good, but thank you. <laughs> I love I love these rules. I know that that's not going to sit well with a lot of the the old time old stodgy folks in baseball that have kind of just been great sitting word. there. Great word. I love that word. Uh, that have been kind of sitting there and keeping baseball down, but like these rules Watching some of the spring training games and seeing how fast it's moving, it is incredible how fast these guys can actually move when they're told, hey, you've got 15 seconds. You better hurry it up. Instead of having to step out of the box and readjust every all seven armbands 17 times because that's a ritual, get rid of it because it's slowing your games down. Now folks like who have families like me can go out to the ballpark on a weeknight because we know we're not going to be there till 11 o'clock at night. We know it's going to start at 7 o'clock, and it's most likely going to be done by 9, 9.30, or not 10 o'clock, whatever. I'm okay with that. I'm okay taking my kid out to that because I know they're not going to be out till basically the next day. I'm yeah. fine with that, and that's, that's good for the game because getting a younger audience in, and it's also just from a TV watching experience, it's just so much better having having that pitch clock and having things move at a faster pace because there's a lot of people out there who have a short attention span like myself who aren't willing to sit through seven minutes of just dead periods between every pitch. It's It's been annoying for a very long time. I'm a baseball purist and traditionalist, and I dislike a lot of what Rob Manfred has done to the game of baseball. Mm-hmm. That does not include any of these rule changes this year. I'm, I'm for all of it. I, I think... I don't think they'll ever go back. Maybe they would. I think there's a case to be made that maybe the pitch clock is a little bit too quick. Like maybe you could up that a few seconds just to make it seem a little bit more natural. I mean, some of these clips are borderline hilarious. The pitcher gets the ball back and immediately fires it in there. And you got the batter still kind of jostling in the batter's box. I don't know if I love that. I don't necessarily need the gamesmanship, but I do want both the pitcher and the batter to feel comfortable in that moment other than that to me that's just nitpicking look johnny i'm single i'm one guy i don't like going to games on weeknights because they were getting too long so exactly what you said i'm with i would counter with one argument though some of these rule changes that we're making as much as i love them they're they're changing the game because baseball the way baseball is currently presented on TV, on the radio, to the fans, that dictated the change. Because how do you speed up the game beyond what they've done? Well, you don't really need two three-minute commercial breaks every every three outs. But they're not (laughs) going to do that because they need the revenue. Money. Exactly. So instead of pulling, pulling away the commercials, which they would never do, they had to make 
fairly dramatic changes to the game. But what I do like about these rules, John, especially the the pitch clock, it affects every team the same. Yep. Right? Everybody's on the same playing field with that. The shift thing is interesting. We've already seen the Joey Gallo shift in uh, spring training. Have you seen what they've done to <laughs> yes. him a few times? I knew that that wouldn't take long. I didn't know what it would look like, but I knew teams would find a way around that. And we'll see if baseball tries to correct that or if they just let it go. The bases, cool. I, I love it. Let's let's get stealing back in the game. Mm-hmm. Let's get guys circling the bases more. And I will say this about the Minnesota Twins. They were, without a doubt, one of the worst teams on the base paths I've ever seen in my life last year. Let's hope it's slightly better this year and not just because the bases are bigger, that they actually <laughs> took some time to refine uh, what yeah. they were doing. Do you like my thought that the Minnesota Twins are a playoff team? I do. I like that they've that they've improved their bullpen, or not their bullpen, their, their starting rotation. And I think that gives me a lot more confidence than I had last year because, as, as you mentioned, they don't have to rely on a bullpen that struggles. They can give those guys a couple more innings of rest, and that's going to do a world of good for them. So, yeah, I like that they're a playoff team. Until they win a playoff game for me, though, it's been too long. Until they win it, I'm not believing it and I'm not predicting it. Oh, see, I like Sorry. what I I'm, like. I like what you just did there. No need to apologize. I've said the same thing about the Minnesota Wild this year. I don't care what you do in the regular season. If you get 90 points and make the playoffs, or if you get 120 points and we're the best team in the regular season, until you get out of the first round of the playoffs, I don't really care. It's not that I'm not going to pay attention. It's not that I'm not going to cheer for you. You just have to get past the first round of the playoffs for me to have any level of excitement. So I... I can see what you're saying there about the Minnesota Twins. Okay, in closing on the Minnesota Vikings, we don't need to break down the offseason too much because the reality is by the time this podcast hits later tonight, there'll be more Vikings news. So we don't need to we don't need to do that. But what I do want to get from you, because you work with a man, Matthew Collar, who covers the Vikings for a living, you now make a part of your living on the Minnesota Vikings. Just your general thoughts on Right now, and again, this part could change, but it does seem like the Vikings are being very cautious right now about how they spend their money and maneuver their money so they have a lot of flexibility going forward after this upcoming season. I love that plan. I know the one thing we can talk about is the Kirk Cousins news where they kind of push the money down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, that. I don't think that that's great, but I understand why they did it, and they're still going to have a lot of money to spend in free agency in upcoming years. So I'm okay with that. I love this philosophy of let's not tie ourselves down too much to anybody over 30. Let's get rid of most of them if they don't meet our terms and our demands. And let's continue with kind of similar to what Seattle did last year. We'll call it the competitive rebuild, where they're not necessarily tearing it down to the studs, but they are knocking out some sheetrock, putting new stuff up and painting over it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a fan of everything, essentially everything Kweisi's done this season up until the Kirk Cousins restructure because that's going to hurt you in the next couple of years. But what he's done, getting rid of all these guys over 30, getting rid of all these bloated contracts. Yes, you're taking a hit this year and taking a t- on a ton of dead money, but you're going to have, they're going to have, what, near $100 million in cap space next year, and they're still going to have 
Justin Jefferson, presumably. They're still going to have TJ Hawkinson. They're still going to have Christian Derrissaw and Brian O'Neill on the offensive line. And they can go to free agency or they can go into the draft most likely with a higher pick than 23 because they're not going to go 13-4 and four this season, this upcoming season. They're probably going to lose the division to the Lions, which is the most insane thing I think I've thought about football yeah. in my 32 years of existence. And, and I think it's a lot to put together in one season, but don't sleep on your Chicago Bears either. Yeah. But you're, you're taking that path that the Bears took this last season where they stripped that roster down to the studs. It was Justin Fields and your local high school wide receiver. It was bad. It was really bad. Johnny, they, that. they stripped it down so much they didn't even have studs. It was just a pile yeah. of dirt waiting to be dug for the foundation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was pre-Stone Age carpentry is what yes, they were doing yes. with that team. <laughs> yeah, they were pushing the wheel down the road like the Flintstones <laughs> is what they were doing. Yeah, so you've taken that. You had the 13-4 and four season. Now you're getting rid of all these guys, and you're going to have the $100 million that Chicago had this year. You're going to have that next year, but you're going to have a much better roster to add that to. Yes, a chunk of that's going to get taken up in the monster mega extension that uh, Justin Jefferson's going to get, but you can also go to free agency or the draft and insert whatever quarterback into that lineup and say, look, you've got two really good targets and maybe another wide receiver if they draft one this year that are going to help you out a ton and you don't have to go back all the way back like the bears did to the three and 13. You can maybe win seven, eight games because that's kind of the base level for Kirk cousins. He's not going to lose any more than that. He's not going to win much more than that on his own. And you're going to be able to kind of take a jump start where the bears didn't, weren't able to do it. As you said, it's a lot to build in an off season for the bears, but they have a lot of money to do it. The Vikings, they don't need to go back that far because they already have a lot of talent on that offensive roster anyways but the defensive roster I like what they're doing because you brought in Brian Flores a guy with a massive scouting background a guy who started in the Patriots organization as a as a player scout and you're telling him look you're not gonna have a lot of high-end talent but we're expecting we're we want you to go out and scout these guys and build these guys up and that's gonna probably look better for you than you know improving an aged roster yeah and I said this on the Twitter machine at Brendel Ross I I I just kind of laid out what you said you might not know who half these guys on defense are next year, but I, you can pretty much bet that they'll be better because how could they be worse than they were than they were last year? And I actually, I, I don't entirely disagree with you. I will say this. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that the Vikings could be a playoff team next year, but I do mm-hmm. agree with you. They won't be a 13-win team. That's That seems very likely be, or unlikely because I think they were snatching uh, victory from the jaws of defeat multiple yes. times last year. And I don't think you can count on that again, but could they go nine and eight, 10 and seven, yeah. maybe 11 and six, if everything goes your way. Yeah. Maybe that, maybe they probably could, but that's a, that's a discussion for a different day. Johnny, when can people tune into AM 1500, 1500 ESPN, 1500 ESPN.com and hear you and Dan Terhar on the call of the next loons game. Uh, 8 p.m. for the pre-match show this coming weekend, Minnesota United at the Colorado Rapids kickoff, 8.39 p.m. Central Time. Dan Terra and myself providing all the action. Cannot wait for the Loons to take on a Colorado team that has not scored a goal this season, has not won, and Minnesota has never won in Colorado. Let's, oh boy. let's break that streak. That sounds like a recipe for being 2-0-1 or your first <laughs> loss of the season, right? It seems, Absolutely, yeah. seems like one or the other. Doesn't seem like it'll be a tie. It's got to be one or the other. John, you're the best. Great to catch up with you. Great to see you. 
Oh, yeah, it was fun. Thank you. And for those yeah. watching on YouTube, uh, Jonathan Harrison, that was actually Kevin Owens from the WWE <laughs> playing Jonathan Harrison this entire time on Minnesota Sports Chat. Again, thank you to each and every one of you who make time for this podcast each and every week, sometimes a few times a week. I really appreciate it. And thanks to guests like Mr. Jonathan Harrison at John Harrison 90 on Twitter who give up their time to join the pod. That will do it. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again real soon.